0: i Spaces
1: of a delay, but looks like it's actually working at least. So thank, thank god, god for that.
2: Yes, thank god for that indeed.
1: I, I um, never thought the Twitter update's gonna help or further break stuff,
2: you know? <laughs> yeah. It's kinda like uh, would you rather use a new parachute or a, or a tried and tested parachute? Yeah. <laughs> well put. Yeah.
1: Um what's going on? Oh, a million things. I don't even know where to start. You know how it is.
2: <laughs> yeah, I feel you.
1: Good stuff in general, though. Lots of stuff happening moving along. Um, kind of everywhere I look, not just with my own stuff, you know. It's it's that time of the
2: year, it feels like. That time of the beginning of the year. But that time of the
1: market cycle, maybe, is a better way to put it. I don't know, but yeah yeah think
2: yeah pretty pretty good actually i mean we' i it's been nice that I've had uh that I'm not speaking with investors all the time anymore
3: um and, product and
2: marketing and all sorts of fun stuff that's not fundraising so it's like it's it's, it's also just Nice looking that you have fun. Dan, are you on mobile data by chance? I can't tell if you're cutting out or if I am. Can you hear me?
1: I can hear you, but there's like occasional dropouts. I'm not sure if it's on my end or yours. Are you maybe on mobile data? Yeah, like just silence right now. Hey, Alec, if, if you can hear me, shoot me a quick message on Telegram. I'm curious if you can hear Daniel or if it's on my end. Yeah, I see your mic's unmuted, but I hear nothing. So maybe let's give this a second. Let's figure out what's going on before you say something insightful and interesting that's completely missed. Hello. Okay. Heard you there. Hmm. I hope this is not on my end. 42 or Alec, could you just throw up some reactions and emojis uh, if Daniel is also cutting out for you? Okay. Daniel just DM me. I'm going to give him my. Daniel, if your connection is fine. Um, maybe just try disconnecting and rejoining. Like, if you have full bars on your phone, it could just be a Twitter issue. It seems to be getting worse. Daniel, I've not heard anything from you in like a minute now. So maybe try just fully disconnecting and rejoining. Daniel is looking for another team member to tap in. Something catastrophic has gone wrong with his connection. So we'll, uh, we'll give him a minute there. Joe, I would invite you up, but I know you said you can only listen at the moment. Um, and 42, well you're welcome to come up, Terra Infinity, as always, if you'd like to chat. But we'll uh, we'll give the team here a couple minutes to
4: get sorted. Uh down with Daniel, up with Joe. I love it. <laughs> we're so we're breath. so early, guys. We're so early. What? To X to Twitter. Look how
3: well it works. We're so early. <laughs>
4: Yeah, I'm not going to be able to talk much because I got my kid here but, and she's she's very loud. But, uh, yeah, I'm definitely going to listen.
1: Cool. Cool. No worries. Have you gotten a chance to play around with 42 like hands out on it all yet or been too busy?
4: No, I'm in the telegram. I do have to catch up. So hopefully I get like a quick synopsis here that I can go play with it.
1: Perfect. Yeah, I think Daniel just requested to come back up. So what uh, I was thinking, actually, is just because this space is recorded, we can turn it into a great little soundbite. Once Daniel's actually up here and it's working, I'm going to ask him to give just like a one or two minute explain like I'm five high level overview of 42, which you directly need. Um, but I think it'll also be helpful. We'll turn that into a little video we can share around and keep posting. For sure. Yeah. yeah. I think more projects need to do that, like tap into. I know a lot of us are opposed to the new wave of, you know, TikTok, Instagram Reels, this sort of short attention span thing. But taking a little minute-long clip, adding those fast-paced captions to whatever is being talked about, it just it catches people scrolling on their timeline better. It really does. Uh, okay, Daniel, what what is going on? Uh, Twitter is. You know, it's funny. We all joked at first when uh, Elon let go of what what was it, like 60 percent of the staff or something or like, and look at it. Nothing's changed. It's still working fine. I think we're starting to see the, the results.
4: I'm all about the layoffs. Let's do it.
1: <laughs> Actually, Joe, you do, you know, more Twitter spaces than me these days, even if it's just joining in and listening, not necessarily on stage, just. Would you say it's? I feel like in my experience, it's gotten more ruggy, more bug-filled, more just annoying to use. But maybe that's just my uh, device. I don't it, know.
4: It goes through phases, and I bought a new phone about two months ago. And with my new phone, which is not a new phone, it's just like a refurbished iPhone thirteen. It's been better for me. I think the problem is mainly Android. But I haven't even, I haven't been hosting that much because of the rugginess, and I kind of. I wish I could do Spaces like three times a week, but there's just so many problems with it. I don't know. I'm waiting for it to get fixed for like the last year and a half. Yep. And
1: then instead of fixing it, they're just rolling out new features. Like, did you see they had a live video something announced soon? Not just like live video stream. I know they've had that for a while, but something like Spaces, but natively here in the app, you could like, turn on your video for like a call or something i
4: was i was watching it uh today i was watching um and uh tank puts his um youtube live streams directly into twitter spaces and you could see him you could interact it's pretty cool
1: yeah which is cool but like maybe maybe focus on fixing the core product before you add this.
4: yeah you know what i do when i join spaces now i like to do it from my desktop computer and it's been it's been okay hosting with an iphone is definitely a lot better than with an android i guess that's I guess that would be the fair way to
3: Okay.
1: Well, then I don't know what's going on with Daniel because I think he has an iPhone. (laughs) You should have the premium experience. Um, Okay, let me shoot a quick message. Here, give me two seconds. Bear with us, everybody.
4: There's not even that many people in here, so I would imagine a lot of people are having trouble because I see people come in and then disappear right away. Yep. That, that's been happening i updated on my, on my, my twitter app
1: just before this okay i don't even and know how to we're do that. joking like that can either help or hurt you never know um okay
4: in the meantime i'm going to talk about myself for a while just to kill this uh this dead air is that right let's do it yeah what's been going on <laughs> <laughs> no no, no not yeah. much not much i've been like kind of enjoying the market and um I'm pretty happy that Bad Kids is doing well. Stargaze deserves the attention. Um Bad Kids is OG. I I find it quite odd that that airdrops are being directed to NFT projects, but I guess it makes sense because those those NFTs are like uh they're all different, but it's cool that they get the same airdrop, I guess, D- despite the different rarities. I like seeing NFT collections be treated equally in some regards but also being kind of tiered by rarity or or whatever trait is is popular i do not have a bad kid but like i shared in the coffee house telegram i am the i am the first person to inscribe a bad kid on the cosmos hub as an inscription
1: i saw that tweet so actually do you want to elaborate on that like what
4: protocol or what was the process of doing that um it was almost the same process as kind of like uploading an image to the cloud it was pretty easy the tooling is good and I was just used to doing it from Bitcoin when when the tooling was really raw. So when I saw, well, I don't even know what it's called. Was it called? Not Apollo, what the heck is it called? Astro, Astro something? Ast- the, um, the platform that allows you to inscribe. When I finally saw it, I noticed like, oh, look, there's inscriptions. And I think I inscribed, I inscribed a Joe. I inscribed, I inscribed, um, a bad kid, and I inscribed a baby chode in the first, like, thousand inscriptions. Why those choices? Are, are baby chodes relevant anymore, or was it a while ago you did that? I did it the first night that it was live, so whatever that was. January, oh, and when there. was that, actually, roughly? Was that, like, months ago? No, no, this is on, on the Cosmos Hub, not on Bitcoin. So it's more relevant on the Cosmos Hub. But I basically... But
1: well, when, when did inscriptions go live on the Hub? Sorry if you just said it, I missed it. Um,
4: but, I think like January 20th or something like that. So like three weeks ago, Like okay. four weeks ago. Yeah, it's recent. And I think it makes sense to do that on the Hub. I don't think it makes sense to do it on a chain like Solana or Avalanche because they have smart contracts. We'll see what they could do with inscriptions. I'm sure there's some... Oh my God. This girl, she yeah, can handle that if you need no worries. She she um, just wants me to see what she's doing. But anyway, long story short, I think she <laughs> at my inscriptions. Yeah, she wanted me to put her food in a cup, and then she definitely just dumped the whole cup onto the table. So it's just see once she hits once she hits
1: four, you need to start gating rewards and like allowance and that stuff behind proving competency in Web three. Like uh, you, you want you want your juice. Show me how to do a swap on a Dex. Show, show, well, Daddy.
4: <laughs> I was I was thinking about like a, a couple of months ago because I do have a four year old, and I'm like, damn, you know, I could basically make my own NFTs and reward her like like almost like like Boy Scout badges, like when she hits different accomplishments, like tie your shoes or like put yourself back to sleep when you wake up in the middle of the night, and then say, okay, you get an NFT, and then she could see her NFTs on like uh on jackal or something up in the cloud where she can never touch them, but it would teach her to, it would probably teach her to um, inappropriately value abstract possessions. Interesting. Yeah. Makes sense. Okay. So just on the off chance, Daniel can't
1: come up at all. I'll, I'll do my best to give a quick sort of just high level. You know tldr of what 42 is um joe you haven't even had a chance to play around with it some people listening to this or the recording might be curious or maybe not in the vip group um daniel would obviously explain this much better he is the the main brains behind this the co-founder but it's also a pretty straightforward and simple concept it's trying to take it's very much in line with what um i'm trying to do with Interchain info i being timmy where the cosmos and the interchain is technologically ahead of most of web3 in most regards but it's incredibly just hard to use navigate and learn like especially if you're new because everything is separate it is the interchain everything isn't on ethereum or on you know any of these other sort of monolithic chains so 42 is a project aiming to unify the inner chain experience and let you sort of manage and access all of the core most common things you might do throughout the inner chain on various different chains all in one website interface um, and ui so currently they sort of support an overall portfolio view that aggregates from different cosmos chains they support aggregating various earn strategies like staking, um, LPs, uh, DEXs, you know, there's an aggregated swap function. So if you're someone brand new to Cosmos, or even a veteran who's just getting tired of having to open 12 different tabs to get anything meaningful done across the ecosystem, um, I, I think most powerful for new users personally, where like, maybe you don't fully understand just the concept of multiple different chains, or you don't understand or know which dex is most trustworthy. Maybe you have heard of Osmosis, but also others. 42, you just go to the swap section, say what token you have, what you want it to turn into, um, and it kind of takes care of that stuff on the back end. Um, not a like crazy new idea, pretty easy to wrap your head around, I think. I'm sure Daniel could have um, given a little more flair than I did. Speaking of which, okay, fingers crossed. I just got a request from him and it looks like he's actually up and instantly back down. So, okay. Hope I did that justice, Daniel, but yeah. So Joe, um, I mean, any immediate questions off that it's a, it's a pretty straightforward and, you know, I think universally agreed upon needed
4: type of project. Yeah. I think anything that we can do, first of all, you mentioned that people can't wrap their head around cosmos and it's because we don't let them because we don't have a product like this. So I think anything that resembles a dashboard or an app store would be the best way to smooth the experience of onboarding. And we should, even though you know, app chain thesis is eventually going to become um, the 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 exception rather than the rule. To to have a dashboard where it's like, okay, what do you want to do? You want to swap? Click swap. Os- Osmosis and all the other dexes should come up and look like applications, not like separate networks themselves i think that would help people and it sounds like this is kind of along those lines where we're hiding a lot of the um a lot of the pain points that only power users can get through
1: yeah yeah and it's just there there shouldn't be pain points right everyone talks about mass adoption as like the end goal uh, and whatever that even ends up looking like you have to look at what successfully gained mass adoption in web 2 slash web 1 i mean you know if you want to differentiate there but like it was the things that made it was the project rather in companies that made the things people want to do easy and intuitive so much so that you know they even became a bit toxic and how much they suck you in like when when facebook and a couple others started figuring out the whole
4: yeah but how- timmy you don't even have to go this deep into it just look at etfs how much money what were the inflows into ETFs the first day they were live, versus all the inflows into DeFi the last 12 months? And um, that, that's. That, well, that, actually,
1: that, you, do you have those numbers off the top of your head? Can you speak to that? I know that. Um,
4: were- I think it was like, like close to 10 billion the first day.
1: Yeah. Whereas DeFi probably has seen a billion over the past
2: year or something.
4: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It, it, it's not even, it's not even, uh, it's, it's almost like comical. Oh, but- wait,
2: Daniel i made it, I've made oh, it, fine. finally. Goodness. let's go. I just hopped on an airplane and flew across the country to get good Wi-Fi in the last uh, couple minutes.
1: minutes. Mm, Taylor Swift style, you know, pop on. The, the, the private jet didn't have its own Wi-Fi, though.
2: Huh. Yeah, it didn't, unfortunately. Got to upgrade. <laughs> yeah, thanks for you guys. Thanks, guys, for uh, keeping the conversation flowing for a while. I really appreciate it. Good to meet you, Cosmos Joe. He may be wrangling a child at the moment.
4: <laughs> um, yeah, I am. Yeah, no, nice to meet you too. And it's it's good to hear about a project like this because I, I've been here like in Cosmos for like roughly two and a half years and I've am i been saying, where is this for two and a half years, you know? So this this sounds pretty yep. cool. Completely, completely. And
2: I mean, this is actually what I was saying to Timmy last week and I was listening to your guys' conversation. I could hear you for a while, but I was too scared to try to join as a speaker to disrupt things until I connected properly. But, um yeah, I totally agree. it's like this what what we're doing and and a new like sort of term that I was thinking about, I actually thought about it last night is like we could what we're trying to really be is uh like the the inter the internet front like the internet for the internet of blockchains, essentially. It's like we have this internet of blockchains, all these blockchains, but that's like a more confusing internet, and what we're really trying to build on the face of is is one place where users can actually say um i want to do this i want to deposit here i want to buy that token i want to swap this and like in natural language even and we just execute that for them on the back end so like really like this web browser i should say a web browser for the internet of blockchains and um as as you and timmy were were speaking about is I, i really see this as like a product for myself like I I really enjoy using DeFi products, and I I see the long term value in DeFi products. But I don't personally have enough time or like mental capacity to be digging around in like all sorts of things. Like, rare. and I think a lot of people don't have the, the the like mental bandwidth to be digging around, researching, seeing what's what's going to ride them and Nate, what's not.
1: If I can jump in here, you know the bell curve meme. Um, it, not really totally accurate to that as far as IQ or anything, but I've thought about exactly what you're saying, and there is only a small selection of users, kind of, instead of IQ, imagine the bell curve is, like, experience and time is Web3. When you're new, you're you're definitely not able to even hope to like process and understand all these intricacies and then when you're super veteran you've spent a long time you're probably really busy like you have trimmed down your schedule to only your largest positions or protocols you check you're not keeping up with stuff anymore like something i've been feeling it's only these users that are kind of few and far between right in the middle who are dedicated and really love web3 and are pretty knowledgeable but aren't burnt out by it or have all their time taken by more serious stuff within Web3 that are actually able to like take advantage of the interchain in its current form. Um Mm -hmm. whereas something like 42 lets anyone across that bell curve just tap into it and
2: use it with ease. Completely, completely. And yeah, I think I think this is what I actually mentioned to you last week to me was I didn't realize like I think like myself, like not being super active in DeFi recently because I'm trying to build a company almost felt like, to some degree, some sort of an imposter, like building this DeFi product, even though I'm not actively involved in DeFi yeah. at the moment. But then I realized that I'm actually building this product myself so that I can be actively involved in DeFi, um, which was, I think that's what we spoke about briefly last week. But that was quite a nice realization. Like, if once 42 exists in its, like, fully fledged form, which... I don't know, I mean obviously nothing's really fully fledged ever because it's always improving, but like once once it is there in, in a meaningful way, it will make DeFi for me so much easier because it's not worrying about bridging and um and rug pools and smart contract audits and it's just like everything you need is is working for you to to use. And I actually saw earlier, I don't know if either of you guys were listening to the podcast Zaki was on with uh with the Agoric team and, and Dean Trible and them. Um we're talking about, um, I think they call it cross-chain orchestration. That's like the, that's the new way of saying I've it. heard not...
1: that term. Yeah. What, so, yeah. Can you maybe elaborate at all on it, actually?
2: I've been curious. Yeah, you know, it's pre- I mean, it's pretty much like, I think once again, it's is like...
1: It, it's is like... it related to IBC hooks and interchain accounts and that whole just exploration of how to make different chains work alongside each other and talk? Yes,
2: or? exactly. I think... I think like to to be honest, I feel like the same words or the same concepts get repeated with different words. <laughs> like uh, it's pretty much like uh, intent centric. It's like I guess it's like intent centric is what the user intends to do. And the back end of that is how does it get orchestrated or how did the chains get abstracted or like it's all the same words said about in different ways. But like is anyone really focusing on it? And that's that should be like instead of Buzzwords, we should just like actually do it. And um, one, of the, one of the good teams, I think, in the Cosmos space actually doing stuff in this like sort of chain abstraction orchestration type space is Skip Protocol. Um, so and we, I think we'll actually be uh, doing our Twitter space with them next week. It should be cool. But um, they are really one of the teams like actually making IBC super usable from an infrastructure point of view um and i think that's that's really what orchestration is it's just like once a user intense, uh expresses their intent how do you orchestrate that on the back end i don't
4: know if you have any thoughts on this cosmos joe uh i mean I, obviously everything sounds good for the end user right and i, I i'm not a dev i'm not ever going to be a dev i want to just use cool stuff i don't mind going through the growing pains of using something when it's brand new and then you know months or years later it's it's fit for like Timmy said, kind of the masses. But all of this sounds really good. And I think um, one of the downfalls of Cosmos being so fragmented is there aren't enough front-end devs working on UI, UX, and there, there aren't enough people working on how to do this within the wallets themselves, right? And I think Leap made strides. Um, I think TFM is doing some pretty good work, CoinHall, like kind of aggregating. But you would think that if cosmos could could have collapsed down into fewer and fewer i don't know what you want to call them like uh epicenters i think that we would be we would have gotten this sooner but right now we we need it so it all sounds good to me as the end user
2: yeah completely completely um are you are you actively involved in any like i mean I, i think sorry just firstly on that point super excited to to demo the product to you at some point because i think ours is actually looking really really good obviously we're in our closed beta right now um but happy to give you access or or take you through it um and yeah i think i think you're correct in terms of the front-end engineering side of things i mean we are heavily recruiting now on the front-end engineering side and it's been hard to find cosmos specific front-end devs so it's like Actually, what we're looking for right now, and, and we've spoken with, um, I'm, I'm sure you're familiar with him, is is Gabe Rodriguez, who was at, uh, he used to be at Delphi, and now he's at um, Penumbra. But he's he says, like, actually, we should be looking for sort of these Web2 front-end engineers that actually understand how to scale products and bring them into the Cosmos ecosystem, or into the crypto ecosystem, for that matter. So, um, so yeah, so we, we've sort of been, as we're recruiting now, um, I don't know if you know, but we have closed off our round um, finally. So we actually have some some runway. Um, just like looking at bringing in all sorts of talented devs and hopefully bring them into the Cosmos space. Because finding them from within Cosmos is super difficult. Um, but yeah, I think uh, we're, we're super excited to just like be building this like very much needed um it's very much needed function within within cosmos as you say
4: Oh no, it's good to hear good to hear your accent is it south african what is your accent
2: yeah it is south african that's a good ear Ooh, you have i'm so
4: good yeah no I'm, I'm good i'm good how did you pick that one out uh i did a, a little bit of traveling and i had a couple good friends from south africa so it just like a certain there's just certain accents that if if if, if I don't know what it is. It's probably South, South Africa. <laughs>
2: uh-huh. That's funny. That's that's how I sort of think about Canadian accents. I'm like, that doesn't sound American. I must be Canadian. And the same for New that's Zealand. I'm like, okay, well, I know it's not South African. And if it's not Australian, then it has to be New, New Zealand. <laughs> so our process of elimination. Um, but yeah, I mean, what are you interested in at the moment in, in the ecosystem, Joe?
4: Um, I think I'm most interested in. Products that 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 are differentiating themselves from, the, like the what I would call like the classic DeFi primitives, like like you know for me Uniswap is the the prototypical Dex. Who's doing something better than Uniswap in Cosmos, right? And there there probably aren't that many across crypto that want to deviate too far from Uniswap. But you know, for example, Uniswap their token doesn't do anything. They have a token, it does absolutely nothing. It captures none of the value from from.
1: Well, the, it- uniswap's one of those weird cases where it's actually big enough that the one use case the token does have governance is actually somewhat
4: legitimate oh yeah well there's definitely value if you're if you're a whale of having governance say over the biggest but for the average person you'd only own the token no like i would never buy buy uniswap tokens ever um lpers yes they they get some of the value but um, Uniswap gives up a lot of its value to the Ethereum chain, right? More than half. So, long story short, I like seeing, I do like that Osmosis went to concentrated liquidity. I do like that Astro Vault, the DEX, is actually profiting off their LPs. Even when people don't trade on the DEX, they're able to make money. Um, and I think that seeing them deviate away from this original DEX that did work because of first mover advantage and being on Ethereum. I wanna see like actual products where the tokens matter. And I would like to see on the other side of that, a lot of tokens go away. Some tokens are just completely not necessary. It's just noise in DeFi. It's like a, like a it's, it's part of the, some of the problems that we have in DeFi with like rug pulls and scams and all that is because the tokens d- didn't need to exist in the first place. So I think I'm interested in seeing products just build different stuff only use tokens when it's absolutely necessary and when it makes sense versus um, other projects that maybe can launch and and make money without having a token
2: yeah i totally agree totally agree um i i mean i i used to work in uh traditional finance and like to a large degree i just see i mean i see a lot of tokens as just pretty much equity shares to be honest like uh it's just like a way of and I guess it's equity shares where you can specify the terms of the equity share. So um yeah, that that's really how I see it. I see it as a way of and and I think I think like what is in store for DeFi. I mean, obviously, and, and now there's two there's two ways that DeFi could go. Either it gets regulated, in which case I think we lose a lot of the sort of um the proposition of what DeFi was supposed to be in which case we can sort of issue these tokens and offer revenue and governance through the tokens and it won't be classified as a security or DeFi does get regulated and a lot of um, tokens do get classified as security in which case DeFi protocols will need to adhere to all sorts of like I guess international regulations around around securities laws so yeah, I mean, I think I think from us being in DeFi at this point, and and I, I know the reason that I originally got into DeFi and crypto was that it, it wouldn't be regulated, and this is sort of like a free market where we can offer what we want to those who want to opt into it. But um yeah, I don't I don't know I don't know if that's uh, a, I like a, a lot of people who are not in crypto that I speak to about tokens like. Once I start describing out what a token is, it, it just sounds a lot like an equity share. However, it, it is beneficial if there is some utility in that token. And then it becomes less of an equity share and more of a, once again, a utility. But I think, I think you're right, Joe. I think it's, we do need to see a lot more of these utilities, um, utility tokens. However, they do need to accrue enough value within either the utility or the revenue to, to sustain a, a long-term value in the token? Because I think a token for the sake of a token is kind of pointless as, as I think you yeah, mentioned. Yeah, I think,
4: I think the tokens, I, I, don't, I don't think that most tokens actually are equity shares. I think that there probably are some that, that, that function that way. In general, I think some of the tokens, they almost have too many different functions. They don't do any, of the, any particular one well, but I would like to see a, pro, a protocol launch a token that does act like an equity share. I would I would love to see that. that. that yes. But maybe that, maybe that means that it, it is more like a stock in that it's it's an accurate valuation of of the um the actual value of the of the protocol. But I think one problem in DeFi is that because liquidity is so low for a lot of these tokens, I think like a big chunk of the market caps are just strictly a result of speculation/slash. You know mm. shallow liquidity but yeah i mean i would like to be able to just look at projects say okay this token is kind of like a stock for this project i don't think we're there yet with like 90 percent of the projects
2: yeah completely i mean one one that does jump out to me sorry there's a blender that's just started in the background but one that does jump out to me is like a, maybe the sommelier token from my understanding uh, it, it does function to a large degree like an equity share in that um, the obviously the the protocol revenue from Somalia gets get uh, allocated back to the Sommelier uh, stakers so and I, I think Zaki is pretty forward thinking in that and, and he does so, sort of understand that that there needs to be some underlying value to the token.
4: Oh yeah, for sure. And and the fact is, they have to be able to survive these wild market fluctuations, um, and also keep the attention of the people that are here now, because the, you know the the early adopters of crypto, which I would say is most of the people that are paying attention to altcoins, DeFi in general, just have terrible attention spans, um, and 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 just I think that also can play into you know. The, the, the life cycle of, of, of a token or protocol
2: one thing that i would like to see more of in DeFi, and this is also something that we're aiming to do with uh with 42 is um it's just making yields more clear in terms of like where is the yield actually coming from and what are the actual yields being attributed and i do understand that like Quite quite a few of DeFi people do fully understand the yields, but so many of them don't. Like I've got onto calls with DeFi people and sort of like asked them to explain various like mechanisms or yields to me and, and they actually don't understand the fundamentals of like where these things are coming from or like the, the economics behind
1: it. No, all. It, it's crazy. Like there are certain questions that I get that seem like they're coming from an advanced DeFi user just because of the nature of them, where then upon a couple more follow-up questions, it becomes clear like, oh, you're lacking a ton of, like, you're so confused. Like, you don't even understand that you're talking about the wrong chain, or you're thinking that wallets are Uh, unique and like where assets are held like all these like kind of fundamental low-level things it's it's so common if you're in the position where you're talking to new people even somewhat frequently
2: yeah completely and and i don't even necessarily think and this is just necessarily think that it's um the user's fault like i know while we were while we've been coding the 42 like some of our performance fees etc to take out of like various um various types of uh, yield opportunities that we're developing we were doing a lot of market research and like we, while we were looking through some of our competitors some of our competitive strategies and um, to, to a large degree we we were even struggling to see like what are these where they, where are our competitors yields coming from and it's just like it's and and on top of that what are the performance fees they're taking out of this and like how is that all calculated like we dive pretty deeply into quite a lot of our competitors' docs and code and it was just like super confusing to understand. So I like that's one of the things with forty two is that we want to build is we in natural language once again, we wanna use it to say like break down this yield for me and and actually allow that to be explained to them super simply. Um, so so that users actually know where they're putting their money. Because I think I think like as as I briefly spoke about earlier is regulation and that that is one of the main I guess benefits of regulation is that is that users understand or should be required to understand what they're investing in, and I think if we're like very opaque with what is actually happening, then crypto is definitely going to start getting regulated in order to make that more clear.
4: Yeah, and also I, I would suspect that most of the quote unquote yield is not yield at all. A lot of it's just emissions of a, of a no, proof. Yes. Of it's a third. It's, a, it's yeah. just a proof of stake token, and I think. Jaquan, um Jay Kwan said something really interesting on, on a tweet a while ago. He said that w- when it comes to proof of stake specifically, Adam, when when you go to claim your staking rewards, that's not actual rewards. It's almost like a stock split. Because Yes. Right? Oh, and, exactly. and I find that to be a good starting point to, to have this discussion because you have to say, yield is it coming from fees is it coming from some interest actually earned somewhere because of lending is it coming from what percent is coming from just protocol emissions Mm. and and all that it's weird
1: and protocol Mm -hmm. emissions i think can be considered real revenue real yield but only if the reason that the token price is at least staying stable if not going up while emissions are happening is because that tokens required for something. So maybe that something doesn't directly pay fees, but people are buying that token and keeping it at its current price despite emissions. That is valid, but that's where you get into the territory where it's really easy to obfuscate things and make it seem like that's what's happening. It's well, like it's, no it's yeah, we are like printing. The,
4: uh, it's just like the US dollar, right? When they uh, when they print <laughs> yeah. when they print yep. dollars, when they print dollars, everybody doesn't get more dollars. Somebody gets to spend it yep. first. And the person that spends it first, to them, it's free money, right? Quite
1: literally, you can think of it just like with the reverse stock split analogy. Now, with like printing money as an analogy, if you're staking a token, you are one of those people that get the new printed free money, which means the inflation that it is, is still affecting you. But less than other people who are not getting first dibs on that free money. Again, analogous to people who are not staking a token.
4: Right, and uh-huh. if you and if you go with that thinking, then the proper move is to sell it immediately every single time, which runs contrary to the reason why you bought the token in the first place, which is because you're bullish on on the long-term price, most likely, right? So it, it there's all kinds of weird things that you could you, you just inflation just especially with proof of stake, right? I, with Bitcoin, it's a lot different, the, the the inflation, a lot different. But with proof of stake, you could look at the inflation, you could drive yourself crazy just, like, thinking about it for too long.
1: Yeah. Um, I want to run it back real quick to something you guys were touching on a second ago that I would actually love your insight on, Dan. So it, despite being a project founder and builder myself, um, we don't have, like, a token and we don't really directly handle money. So this is something I'm still just curious about and don't have, like, on hand, firsthand experience with. Earlier today, I got annoyed seeing something. Just some, I, I don't even remember what it was because I see them so much, but someone making a Twitter post about some protocol that we all loved that was giving them the geo-blocked thing in their region. I've talked with a number of people far smarter than me and who have worked for or run larger protocols than like anything I'll probably ever do. Who have said there is no real regulation or law in America that is is saying these projects have to do this? It is all out of a weird abundance of caution, or possibly out of something malicious at times. Um, it's truly starting to feel like almost every DeFi protocol is getting geo-blocked in the United States. Despite you know, XRP kind of won its case. The Bitcoin ETF is now live. There. Are is not actually any legislation that's forcing teams to do this stuff. Um, oh, I remember what it was. It was TFM. I saw TFM, again, another aggregator that, like, really is just letting users tap into other protocols. They are now geoblocking. Um, from your experience with running a project that interacts with people's money, accesses DeFi protocols, what's going on in this whole realm? like just i don't even have a specific question but it's starting to get ridiculous where if you're going to build something that is not available to certain countries because of laws and regulations just go build in web 2 like what's the point of web 3 then it's but i might be missing something
2: so so just to just to summarize the, the end of your question i think i lost you for a second but you said why build this stuff in web 3 as opposed to web 2
1: yeah my cynical part of my brain goes okay, if you're building something in Web3, but you're geo-blocking entire regions of people when you don't absolutely have to, just because of, like, caution or whatever, then I kind of consider that malicious in that you clearly don't care about the core reason why Web3 is popular. Mm. You're trying to make a quick buck on the trend, and you're building something that could work just as well in Web2 because you clearly don't care about, like, decentralized access to anyone. And I, don't, I almost posted something like that, but I have so many friends at projects that are geoblocking, and I know there's more nuances to it. But in setting up 42, what has been your experience? Yeah, that's my core question. When it comes to regulations, laws, geo blocking, what have you experienced in your 42 journey?
2: Um, yeah, I mean, right now, so right now we are busy relocating our entity outside of the USA, firstly. Um, just like I mean, I think firstly is the u s obviously is not a super crypto friendly country and and I think the one like Wait, i I do apologize, why yeah. do you say
1: that? Why do I say that why I think, why do people feel that way? Yeah, the only thing the u s yes. has actually done against crypto is the ripple lawsuit that they lost, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. then like
2: some tether stuff, which thank God they did, yes, so I think actually, how I should word that is it's very uncertain um, how the U.S. feels about crypto. Whereas you look at countries such as Singapore or Switzerland, for example, and the the legal teams, I've been speaking with sort of legal teams in both those jurisdictions to to understand what what that looks like. Um, And the legal teams in both of those countries have firstly a direct call to the governments or the their like financial regulators that they can ask questions directly to like a lot of the legal teams i'm speaking to and secondly the the legislation around it is very clear whereas in the us it's like it always seems like some sort of a gray area and we don't know what they're going to do next they like almost haven't taken a stand on the matter in, in quite a long time um However, we obviously do see some crypto-friendly type things passing in, in the U.S. So, And, and, and I think uh, you probably know, Timmy, but we're also part of this uh, this long hash accelerator at the moment. And, and Zaki was actually speaking recently about, um, about uh, like sort of token listings and that type of stuff. And he was pretty much like, I mean, he said, he's like, if you are a DeFi protocol, do not look at listing your token in the U.S. Like, just don't. He's like, you just you just don't know what the SEC is going to do next kind of stuff. So I guess it's just like, if, and I, I guess the thing is, like, I, I obviously, as we mentioned earlier, I come from South Africa, okay? And I feel like the South African government, theoretically, would be very slow to come after you. But the one government that I don't want to come after me is the U.S. So I feel like geo-blocking the U.S. would be, probably i don't want to say wise but like if you if you don't want the big sec coming after you it's probably best to not like toy with them kind of thing so um i don't know as a uh, but how, how it feels in other countries um geoblocking other countries i'm not too um I'm not too certain about about why why other countries are being geoblocked um Mr. Joe, I see you've got a hand up. I don't know if you want to.
4: Yeah, I mean, before a, a project like yours makes a decision to just like play it super safe, geo block United States because obviously, if you do come under the scrutiny, you, they, they're going to bankrupt your company, and that's just what's going to happen. They're going to just take you through, you know, federal law, yeah. whether it's whether it's whether it's legitimate or not. That doesn't matter. The amount of money you're going to spend to clear your name is is, is going to yeah. be astronomical. Has have you heard of any project that actually tried to register their token as a security? Like what what I'm waiting for is for a layer one to launch and then maybe have a permission chain where all the projects that launch a token on the chain either have to use the layer one token because it's registered as a security or they have to register their own tokens as securities. And I think that um, Solana is like halfway there with their new token standards. But I'm curious if you think that if you've seen any project actually try to go through the process, how expensive is it? How realistic is it? Is it fair? So that actually is a very good point. So I,
2: I can't personally name a project, but I did speak to someone once and I can't even remember who about it. Which, which, now that you're asking this question, means that I probably should follow up on this matter with some with some people, like some lawyers and stuff. But I remember speaking to someone once, maybe a few months ago, who just said it is a very time-consuming and um, and intricate process, and it it's sort of like I don't know. Pretty much, I think they said it wasn't uh, financially feasible. However, I probably shouldn't take this uh, person's word for it because I can't even remember who they are or or what token they were referring to. And I should actually investigate that myself because, yeah, I, I wonder what that would look like. Then um, I've also heard, like, one of my sort of mentors works at uh, a nethermind. and nethermind is like a... There's sort of like a consensus, a very technical version of consensus. They've got very uh, very smart people working there. And this mentor of mine actually said he... He wants to IPO, I can not remember if he said he, he wants to IPO Nethermind or another company he's working for, but as opposed to like a doing a coin um, or token listing, he said he actually wants to IPO them, which is like, it was kind of like a hot take in a way for a crypto project saying they want to IPO. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I wonder, I don't know what that, that, that process would look like and is definitely worth me looking into?
4: Yeah, I mean, because you never know. It might just be a matter of, Someone needs to do it first, and at, at, at worst case scenario, the process is so grueling and illegitimate that it would just put a lot of pressure on the government to make the regulations more clear. And of course, I'm I'm speaking about the United States because I just know it's it's just so hard here because every state even has its own laws around this, and I I, I suspect that it's just because we have the most laws here, probably because there's so much pay to play going on and I live in New York, so New, <coughs> York, New York offers its own licensing for um, for crypto. So as a result, there are only two exchanges that operate in New York. One is Coinbase, and they're a publicly traded company, and the other one is Gemini, but we, don't, we never had Binance. Like, Binance got kicked out of New York in like 2019. We don't have Kraken, we don't have all these different, all these different, we don't have Cato, the, the fiat on-ramp, even though it's KYC. So, it, it might just be a matter of pay-to-play on the federal level. Yep. You know, so I, I, would just, I would just like to see something like, like, you know, obviously a, a, a small project is not going to do it. An NFT project is not going to do it. But, you know, a layer one, like, you know, whether it's DOT or Solana or, or, or basically all, all the layer ones that have these big foundations that I see, whether like DOT, ADA, ATOM, um avalanche you know and most of those have performed terribly you know in this early bull cycle what are those foundations doing they could legitimize and create such a competitive edge if they were able to get that process done for their token
2: yeah completely completely they should just take like some of them that are going to some of these big L1s that raised a bunch of money and is probably going to fail anyway should actually just deploy that money all into legal stuff and, and, and solve the rest of the ecosystem's
4: uh, yeah. problems. Like a like, hurry yeah, like Kiri move. I think that would automatically siphon a lot of liquidity from other chains if that uncertainty yeah. is there. And builders, serious builders, you know, let's, say, let's say within Cosmos, 50% of the chains were able to register their token with the SEC and you don't know where to build. Well, guess what? You're going to build on one of those chains if you have something legitimate.
2: Yep. Yep. Agreed. Um cool. I've I've got to run on the hour. I don't know if to uh, Timmy if you have any closing thoughts or uh, or Joe if you do.
4: No, I think this was I think this was great, man. I I, I love to demo Black that I'd like to demo that when when you're ready. We could even do like a, a little YouTube like screen share kind of thing and then you know you could cut it up for clips if you want, or I could just release it on my YouTube, but basically anything that's going to help. The like the average person who only knows how to trade stocks on Robinhood, come over to crypto and at least feel comfortable doing transactions off a centralized exchange. I think that's going to be a net positive. And I think the the tokens that are the most accessible and the, and like the, the the platforms that that make it accessible are going to just absolutely demolish all the other ones in terms of just user base and all that in the next you know two to three years. Completely. Before you uh,
1: hop, Daniel, we have Funky, who's requested and has his hand up. Do you have a couple more minutes?
4: Coach, crypto.
1: Yep. What's going on, Funky? How you doing? Hey,
3: I'm great. Thank you guys for letting me up. I am admittedly stumbled into the conversation pretty late. I just saw Joe was on here, so I wanted to come in and listen. And he and I were kind of commiserating about this very issue in our DMs on Telegram just a few hours ago. Um, one of the things that I feel like, and just as sort of the dot nerd in the room, I wanted to give some clarity around some of the things that he had said. Since 2018, the Web3 Foundation has been actively working with the SEC. There's a reason why you don't ever see dot mentioned in any of the SEC complaints. They've never gone so far as to issue a no action letter. But there was a big blog post late last year from the Web3 Foundation about how the SEC has viewed Polkadot. As morphed to a software, not a security, even though the ICO that happened back in 2017 or 18 was obviously problematic, like many of them are. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I am here, and I also just wanted to chime in as a Florida resident. I just went to the Capitol uh, early last week for Blockchain Day as part of, as part of the Florida Blockchain Business Association. And uh, there's actually a Dow bill that's happening. There's also a, an equivalent of a bit license bill, which what Joe was referring to in New York. They have something like that that's currently moving to the legislature. So I know that there are states that are taking a proactive approach to trying to get some clarity around these things. But again, to Joe's point, it doesn't really serve us very well when it's just on a state by state basis. Yes, it's great for me as a Florida resident, but it doesn't really move the needle. We need We need sort of that regulatory clarity around the at, at the federal level, especially for here in the United States. I'm sure anybody who's in the U.S. has to deal with this all the time. You know, we, land, we live in the quote unquote land of the free. It's really the land of the SEC and that there are so many protocols who are just like deathly afraid of doing anything to get in their way. And I think this is why Polkadot really st- struggles, because even though they, the tech side, parity technology has been fully decentralized and those people have been disbanded and everything's done democratically through our treasury now, you still have the, the broader issue of no one wants to you know, really market or do anything to kind of get in the SEC's way, which is just a pain point across the board, you know, for regardless of which chain it is, which protocol, which team. So, you know, these, I'm glad that there's these kinds of conversations that are happening where, you know, people are having this kind of deliberation about this and, and anything that you guys are doing to advocate, you know, that kind of clarity, I'm just a huge fan of. So I wanted to at least give you guys a little shout And hope to learn a little bit more while uh although it may be the end of the talk so i'll definitely go back and listen to the recording because i'm just curious about what you guys are talking about but i just wanted to chime in so thanks for letting me up
2: thanks funky appreciate the words all right guys um i'm going to jump yeah you you want to round it up yeah
1: this has been great um will actually daniel before you leave you mentioned next week um Actually, I forget who you said, but we may have plans to have a guest on
2: the show or join someone else in this time slot. That is correct. So we've got two options for next week. I'm trying to confirm with Magnus for, from Skip, from Skip Protocol, and we might talk about the fundraising journey. Um, alternatively, I think what could be good is get the 42 team on and actually just discuss, get um, all of the core team members on and, and have a good uh, roundtable 42 discussion. So, so we'll look I- at... <laughs>
1: If I were to throw a vote maybe in this time slot next week, so uh one PM EST on Thursday, um, maybe try and get Magnus here on this show and then at a different point sometime next week, maybe get the forty two team on Joe's live stream or one of Joe's spaces, because I know he's interested in hosting you guys. Um and that could be he could sort of guide a, a panel of discussion in a sense.
4: That would be cool.
2: Yeah. Sweet, yeah. Definitely. But um, let me chat to Joe offline and, and we can orchestrate that. Awesome. So, yeah, just wrapping
1: up here. Um, join us next week at 1 p.m. EST uh, for a Twitter space here. We'll hopefully have Magnus from Skip on. Um, if you're in our VIP group, continue leaving more awesome feedback on the product and letting us know uh, what you like, what you don't like about it. And for anyone not in the VIP group, um, I think we are. Are we closed at this point, Daniel? I know you've made a couple exceptions, but
2: um, uh, who knows?
1: Shoot a DM if you're if you're super passionate, and maybe we'll get you in there. Um, other than that, just follow the account and stay tuned for updates. Uh, we're still looking at a planned uh, main like open launch sometime before the end of Q1. Is that correct, Daniel? Correcto. Awesome. Right, Thanks
0: guys. everybody for joining. And. Thank uh, you. We'll catch you all next week. Like. Motherfuckers. Motherfuckers screaming out loud, looking for mercy before they find themselves working a corner down in Jersey. What could be worse? Misrepresenting the first come first serve mentality, stuck in the birds. I'll be numbing up first before discovering what works, and we'll see what other kinds of trash is under the dirt. We rape and plunder the earth, sit and wonder about the worth and play ring around the rosy while the thunder is served. Motherfuckers walking around here looking faceless, trying to make a living selling friendship bracelets, dead ends dragging out the maximum amount of payments. Red down days got them acting actin all bankless yo fam what check these token State stake probing this bear flexing broken honest oh, nice. oh, oh. i had to lay my soul down i'm just roasting natas and then to end a long day eleven bowls of chronic never known the politic i was born to frolic it's been my policy to pollinate all over the plot we got a lot of apologists jumping in at the top we like to measure their velocity before they hit rock bottom over impossible loss it's all moss and i'm liking the odds bond doing the morning forming mycological bonds smacking on the hostage like the shit is played for keeps clowns white knight and all these maybellines they call it implausible when model after model keeps on ripping off the coat and going full throttle beats Tearing apart your community. All these low hanging fruits bearing zero liquidity. Got a planet in reach, coming standard to each. I'm on the back ten star, after the siege. Commanding all the management to grab a few seats And then we'll round up the beasts and send a messenger east. Y'all better sign a release when I'm bumping these beats. Hands up if I got motherfuckers drumming the streets. Yo, we got a few dubs, we got a couple defeats. And if you're coming for the king, you better have some of each. Motherfuckers screaming out loud, looking for mercy before they find themselves. Working a corner down in jersey what could be worse misrepresenting the first come first serve mentality stuck in the verbs i'll be numbing up first before discovering what works and we'll see what other kinds of treasures under the dirt we rape and under the earth say and wonder about the worth and plate. ring around the rosy, while the thunder is served